This is a fourth hand production. The way technology works, you know, people said back in the year 2000, ah, oh, the internet's bullshit. You know, we'll never, <laughs> right, right. we'll never use it like we do libraries uh-huh. and and magazines and books. Yeah, you yeah. Know? there's always going to be collections of dictionaries around to look up words. The internet's not going to have da 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 da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Sure. And here we yeah. are right now, connecting on the internet with you know HD audio, HD video, and audio, and mm. um, it's the world is changing because of technology, and it always will. <laughs> story in the news today you believe in ghosts and the paranormal now are they are they ufos or are they like some crazy experimental you know governmental i don't uh, know planes that they're building Police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. There's this weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. And welcome to Strange Uncles. I'm Shane. Hello. My name is Josh, and I believe in ghosts and the paranormal. <laughs> you know, that's actually kind of a funny show. I enjoyed it. You ever yeah, seen that cartoon? It. I thought it was oh, fun. That's cute. Well, fuck, why not? You know, cool. Hey, well, welcome, listeners. Um, this one actually is a little bit different. One, I'll be honest with you. We're going to get in the interview here in a little bit, but uh, I want to say. So, I think you caught my text, but I'll be in your neck of the woods next week. So, looking forward to having a beer or something with you, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, taking a just horrible shit in your hotel room. <laughs> you know what? I just forewarned me. You know, it is what it is. I yeah, always stay know. at the same place, you know, where, you know, fuck, it's close to your if place. If you want to be friends with me, <laughs> you got to let me take a shit in your hotel room. It's nice. The first time I found out about your uh, your issue was during the uh, UFO Festival in Cedar, and you were trying oh, to yeah. use those, it, what was it, like 100 degrees outside? They had the porta potties up. Oh, my God, not, gotta not go a in the morning. <laughs> yeah, not a pretty picture whatsoever. I'm like, oh, that poor bastard. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Having anyway. IBS is terrible. It's it's honestly a thing. it's a thing. No, I totally yeah. get it. But you know, so, yeah, it we is do what we can. We make jokes about it, and uh, we take embarrassingly disgusting shits in places. <laughs> you know, nothing wrong with that. So anyway, um, yeah, so I'll see you uh, next week. Look forward to seeing you, man. Uh, we'll try to hook up with some of the friends, too. We've got uh, some work stuff that I'll be there for, but uh, always nice to slide at least one evening in. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what we can do. But uh, besides that, hopefully you guys enjoyed our last guest that we had on. Very interesting fella for sure. Uh, we have another one lined up here, too. Uh, and I think we're going to kind of just jump into it because the interview went pretty long. Um, always a great guy to have on. We've had Darcy Ware on before uh, in regards to unclass- or classified UFOs. I think we had him on for a Bigfoot uh, documentary that he did along with some of the Bigfoot researchers and scientists. And just always, I don't know, you know, the, the guys, man, you know, what he has underneath his belt for what he does, his documentaries, the work he puts into them, this one's different. And this one isn't really cryptid. Well, it's got the word crypt in there, I suppose. Eh, let's go that way. It's not right? cryptid. 
It's yeah. crypto. It's crypto. It's close enough. So we decided to get, to go with it. Uh, you know, it's not really weird, but it's just still fascinating, the whole world of cryptocurrency. Um, and Darcy pretty much, uh, he has a documentary out, and he pretty much broke it down for us. So said, look, this is what it is. This is what's going on. This is what it's worth. This is what we're hoping for. Um, and so any of you listeners out there that are dabbling in what it may be, thinking about it, uh, definitely check out this episode because uh, he's a wealth of knowledge for sure. You know, so unless you got anything else, Josh, you want to just jump into the interview? No, like uh, I have thoughts and comments for after, but I think it's uh, I think it's an interesting conversation for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just fascinating for sure. So we're going to jump into that. Everybody uh, stand by. We'll have the interview with Darcy Weir and about cryptocurrency. Gates. Darcy Weir is a documentary filmmaker who has chosen to work on some of the more fascinating subjects that are discussed today. He has completed over 10 feature-length documentaries, which are all available through Tubi TV and Amazon Prime. We have had Darcy on before a couple of times to discuss some of his past documentaries, but wanted to bring him on again to Roundhouse's latest, The Bitcoin Field Guide, Understanding Cryptocurrency. This new documentary covers topics like blockchain, Bitcoin, a history of currency, smart contracts, NFTs, DeFi, and the list goes on. And it kind of fascinates us, or at least maybe me a little bit, because I kind of dip my proverbial toe, if you will, into the whole cryptocurrency world. So it's great to have Darcy back on to discuss this. And uh, Darcy, welcome back to Strange Uncles. Hey, thanks for having me, Shane. Josh, good to be here. Hey, where's your, good to have where's you your, back, man. Where's your third? <laughs> He's uh, decided to move on to other endeavors. Oh, okay. Sabbatical. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Every now and again, you know, we might have him on, but we kind of, you know, we decided yeah. to kind of continue this, this whole gig. So, yeah. yeah he, uh, he's getting out of service industry, getting into uh, nine to fives and focusing on other things. Fair enough. Which, That's cool. Which sucks because we're, we both do that and we know how bad it is. So, yeah, I was like, <laughs> don't do it. Do yeah, it, I'm but sure, don't do it. I'm sure you miss him too, because he's oh, absolutely. Dude. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, well, you know, and uh, not to you know, again, we're here to talk about you, but uh, you know, I'm in Washington State now, just for your uh, your info, and and Josh and John are both in Salt Lake, but uh, every six weeks I go back, going back next week, so you know, we'll be able to hang with John. I always see she, Josh, of course, and so yeah, we're still we're still making this work, and still you know having beers when we can, for sure. So beautiful, beautiful, yeah. But uh, let's kind of start with this. So, you know, again, like we said at the write-up, we've had you on a couple times before. And, and again, you know, with the subject matter that our podcast covers, this one's a little different. I still say it's a bit weird because, you know, when you just look and envision a different form of money in general. And I, and I think what fascinates me, and I really kind of want to get into it, is how volatile this really is now in like 2022 it's been around for a while it's had you know it's ebb and flows um but from what i can see cryptocurrency really isn't going away but you have taken the time to put this documentary together and so uh, let's start there if you don't mind like what uh what kind of drove you to want to put work behind this whole subject well i mean I started working on this documentary in 2018 and I finished it uh, in like February of 2022. And um, I really wanted to 
tell this story for a while. I, I, every year that went by, I kind of figured, am I going to finish this thing? Like, is crypto a real thing? Am I just wasting my time? You know, all of the uh, uh, doubts that the saboteur in your mind, that, that evil little voice usually says when you're not feeling too confident. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, I stuck it out and I watched how things were changing every year, you know, from 2018 when I really started shooting this was after the first run up that Bitcoin had Mm -hmm. uh, going from, you know, I guess it was around $3,000. It went to 19,000 us dollars per Bitcoin. And then in January of 2018, it proceeded to crash and um, went to about 6,000. And then later in 2018, it crashed even further to 3,000 something. So mm-hmm. I got to experience that. And it's interesting because I started shooting it when the market was collapsing. And all these people you see in the documentary were very bullish on Bitcoin and crypto in the midst of a collapse of, of it just going down the down the pot. Oh, that's crazy. Huh. Yeah, and right now it's like hovering around twenty three thousand, what have you. I wouldn't encourage anybody to buy some right now because mm-hmm. I think there's like a whole bunch of macro events that could happen around the world that would just crush all investment uh, opportunities, even the mm-hmm. stock market. But it's still higher than what it was at during the 2017 all-time high. So to put that into perspective, you know, that is huge. And um, it did dip down quite briefly to around 17,000 per Bitcoin. But, uh, you know, I, I think even if it corrects, it's a correction and it goes down to around 15 K or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's still going to stabilize and then go higher than we've ever seen it. And the reason why is quite simply because of what you said at the starting of this show, um, crypto is not going anywhere. It's actually just beginning. And um, you'll see that people that were naysayers or, didn't understand crypto at first and attacked it Mm -hmm. with everything they could when they first came across it. Um, They're actually going to be using crypto in the future. It's just the way technology works. You know, people said back in the year 2000, Oh, the internet's bullshit. You know, we'll never, (laughs) we'll never use it like we do libraries Uh and, and magazines and books. Yeah, yeah. You know? there's always going to be collections of dictionaries around to look up words. The internet's not going to have da 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 da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Sure. And here yeah. we are right now, connecting on the internet with you know HD audio, HD video, and audio. And mm-hmm. um, it's the world is changing because of technology, and it always will. So that's interesting. And and the one thing I kind of want to backtrack a bit. I'd like mm-hmm. to. So of course, you know, you're in 
the field of, hey, look, crypto's not going anywhere. This is a thing. It's going to change. It's going to evolve. And we, and we see it, right? You know, we can, and I like to get into the weeds a little bit, like on different cryptocurrencies, not just, you know, Bitcoin, whatever have you. But then you have the other side. And I do hear the other side saying, no, you know what? This is going to fail. This isn't going to work. It's not traditional currency. It's not traditional. It's not the structure that we're designed to have. And for those reasons, it's not going to stay here. When you talk to those to the doubters, I guess you know what's your what's your belief with them. How do you what's your are your side of the argument for all that? Well, my argument is that every fiat currency that's ever existed went to zero. So a fiat oh. currency, a good example of a fiat currency is the U.S. dollar mm-hmm. or the Canadian dollar or the Australian dollar or, uh, you know, the dinar that they used in uh, Iraq pre-invasion. That's worth nothing now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Venezuelan peso, how much is that worth? What about Sri Lanka? What about Argentina? What have, what has happened to the Argentinian uh, Argentinian uh, peso? Mm-hmm. They're all going to zero, and you know when you start to see people having to use thousands of dollars to buy a loaf of bread, that's not a good thing. Nope. Um, but Bitcoin is far above zero, and there's other cryptocurrencies that show promise. Um, but I think this is, you know, the king of the market. Uh, it has worldwide demand and people are starting to realize they can sink some of their net worth into Bitcoin to protect the value of that. So for Mm -hmm. example, you go work nine to five, you know, you're managing two sites, um, across the United States, working remotely, you accumulate these fiat dollars, which are essentially just uh, digital allocations that get wired to your bank account. Mm -hmm. And um, then you go to the grocery store and you go to buy a loaf of bread and the loaf of bread is two times the cost. And part of the reason for that is inflation. And part of the reason for that inflation is because they've printed US dollars into infinity. The supply, the money supply is completely saturated right now. And they're going to keep printing money to try and get people out of these crises as we go forward. But with Bitcoin or these other cryptocurrencies, they are deflationary digital currencies. The U.S. dollar is a digital currency already. But these cryptocurrencies are a more true form of ownership because you're not storing it at the bank. You own it yourself in a digital wallet. You are your own bank, therefore, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you can trade it person to person with no middleman, with no bank sitting there holding it for you saying, hey, we'll protect your money. But meanwhile, they're going and investing it and, you know, leveraging their position with your money um, and then taxing you, you know, $1,500 in fees at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in, in a way, they're taking advantage of you and you're getting not that much back for it. Plus your dollar is 
you know, depreciating in value just for the sheer fact that the government has made some moves with the central bank to erode the value of the dollar by printing money. You can't print Bitcoin into infinity. The total amount you'll ever have is 21 million. You can use Bitcoin uh, in fractions to the ninth decimal place. So it is a good form of money if uh, it keeps going up in value mm -hmm. and more retailers and service providers accept Bitcoin or these other digital cryptocurrencies to settle transactions, uh, you can use fractions, which are called Satoshis. Mm -hmm. They're like, you know, coins, uh, smaller fractions of the full right. Bitcoin. Right. Yeah. So you could technically use it as a replacement banking system to what we have now. And that's why the Federal Reserve and all of these different banking, you know, central bankers from around the world were completely against it when it first was invented. But I, yeah, and that I, changed. And it, ha and it actually continues to change. And I like to get into that, I think, towards the end of our discussion, because that's, that's interesting. I, I'd like to, there's obviously a little bit of a grab war going on. Right. Between what crypto is, what, uh, you know, and you mentioned the dollar too. It just, I guess, to explain to our listeners a little bit. And, and again, correct me. I'm, I'm a complete novice, but I just kind of want to, you know, if, if, if nobody really knows it, and we're not going to go into explaining the definition of crypto. I, I think, you know, if you don't know what it is by now, you know, get underneath the rock that you live in. I mean, we're not, not going to go to that down that road, but how it functions and works is something that still is confusing for a lot of people. So you use the dollar as an example. Again, you, you know, it fascinated me, and it still fascinates me that you can just print money. And back in the day, you know, you didn't hear billions ever involved in anything. And now all of a sudden it's, oh, we've got this thing for $3.1 like It just seems like where, what is happening? How is this? So there seems like there's no cap on what that dollar may be. And again, you know, economy and everything else. When you look at, at um, crypto, you know, and you talk about Bitcoin a lot, and, and again, you know, correct me if I'm out of here, but how crypto for the most part is set up any, any cryptocurrency is there is only so much out there that, that has a, a lifespan. They release so much. It caps out. There's times when they can take that and have it basically to bring more into the cryptocurrency economy, make it worth more, whatever have you. And then you talk about the smaller coins and fractioning it up. You know, Bitcoin's not the only ones that do that. For the most part, most cryptocurrency is kind of designed like that. Is that correct? Yeah. So um, most cryptocurrencies kind of look at Bitcoin because it's the first to market and they model themselves similarly. Some don't. Like if you look at these meme coins like Dogecoin or Shiba Inu coin, there's trillions upon trillions of them in the market. So uh, it would quite literally take every human being in on the planet to dump every fiat currency uh, they use in their countries into this uh, derivative uh, crypto coin, uh, this altcoin, in order to drive its value up to something like Bitcoin, right? Because mm -hmm. there's mm -hmm. so much of it, it's not scarce. Um, but then people will argue, oh, but you can use it. Um, it's more affordable. And it's like, okay, sure. But Bitcoin, you can use a small amount of it and you can 
basically still be able to transact with it in the future if you think about it that way. Right. But um, okay. but in terms of having, you mentioned the having. What happens with Bitcoin, because they use a proof-of-work system to mint new Bitcoin, to create new mint, mint, uh, make new Bitcoin on the network. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Proof-of-work essentially is just computers that are mining Bitcoin by solving mathematical problems in an algorithm. And every time computers uh, solve parts of this algorithm, it secures the network, it creates new Bitcoin, it also you know, uh, facilitates um, the transactions from wallet to wallet. So mm-hmm. if I wanted to send my big, a fraction of Bitcoin from my wallet to your wallet to buy a product or pay you back for a service you've done, then you will, you know, uh, be basically computers that are doing all of the algorithm work, the minting in the back end, they're actually facilitating that uh, transportation of cash, basically. And so the halving, what happens is they make it so that the algorithm becomes more complicated, the math becomes more complicated for these computers to solve the problem and therefore um, they make it instantly on that day, on that time, they make it so that only half the amount of Bitcoin can be minted to the network going forward. So what usually would, you know, if it took, uh, let's say six months to mint one Bitcoin, they're now only giving you half of a Bitcoin for the same amount of time. Right. I'm just theoretically, I'm just saying that's not how, works, but I'm just giving you an example. And so that, that is a deflationary sort of move. You know, it makes it harder for more money to be out there in the, in the market. But as people are going to pour more and more of their fiat currencies into Bitcoin by buying it in their local country, mm-hmm. you know, every, everybody or many, many countries around the world are participating by buying Bitcoin that demand is going up and the value is going up because the supply is small. You know, right, right. now there's only about uh, 19 million or something that have been minted. Yeah, so it's a so classic we, case of supply and demand. You know, as yeah. it gets purchased, it gets knocked off the market, it's more valuable. It's just like gold or anything else. I mean, that's what it, makes something worth something, right? Exactly. And if you look at gold, um, it's not that scarce if you look at the opportunity of, creating autonomous drone satellites, sending them to uh, the asteroid belts around our, our solar system and mining the gold in those. There's like I've heard billions and trillions and trillions yeah. of tons of gold out there if you, if you thought that far in the future. Mm-hmm. So uh, technology will innovate more efficiency and, and make things go down in cost that we typically think are really expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, gold has a lot of value because it's, you know, it can be used as a semiconductor. It can be used as a thermal heat shield. It can be used as a jewelry. It's beautiful. Um, it has lots of applications. Bitcoin is a scarce new money and monetary system. You're basically taking um, like, for example, 
we'll go back to your job, Shane. You're getting paid in U.S. dollars to your account every month from your employer. I hope. Yeah, we, we <laughs> hope, right? But what could happen is let's say your employer says, I'm going to pay you in Ethereum to your digital wallet. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens in this case is it's going from their digital wallet to your digital wallet, and there's no bank in between. Mm-hmm. The bank is not holding on to your money anymore. You are holding on to your money. So it can be a bit precarious. It can be a bit dangerous if you're worried about somebody breaking into your house and saying, give me, you know, transfer me all your Bitcoin. That's very possible. Mm-hmm. But there will be services in the future where I think crypto will be, you know, backupable um, to other places on- online in the cloud. It right. will be more secure. And um, banks, because they realize people are going to be pouring their money, I think people are going to be taking shelter into these scarcer assets that are digital forms of money. Um, they're going to be buying parts of Bitcoin or some Ethereum, whatever, right? and taking their money out of the bank, banks are going to have to innovate and they're going to have to become more competitive and lower their fees and do more for you. So in a way, it's actually shaking up the current banking system and allowing there to be more for you. you exactly. Know I mean? and, and I think that's a lot of the pushback currently is because, you know, they don't want to change that traditional archetype, that structure of going to a bank, the bank holds this. And so I want to touch on a couple of things, if you don't mind, Darcy, because I yep. want to help explain to people because, and, and again, I, I feel we want to, we're not trying to be the devil's advocate, but I want to be because there are some legitimate yeah, concerns with cryptocurrency, how mm-hmm. it's used, et cetera, et cetera. When you talk about, um, you know, transferring funds, for example. So that's kind of where the smart tr- contracts come in. Is that correct? That kind of takes kind of place of the bank per se it kind of protects each party you yeah. know as far as that so, transaction so whenever you're trading uh, once you set up a digital wallet like you can use google chrome or brave browser and you can install a plugin called metamask and mm-hmm. that is a a digital application that creates a digital wallet for you. And once you set up an Ethereum address or a Bitcoin address there, you basically have your bank that's decentralized. It's it's online, mm-hmm. but it's not connected to a traditional banking institution. And therefore, you're able to collect more crypto into that wallet and trade and buy things if you want mm-hmm. um, more in a sovereign way. And what was your question again? Sorry, Shane. No, no, that's that fine. Was, Basically was, that's kind of what you, you're explaining, like how those smart contracts work. You know, that yeah, there so is something whenever you're trading, you're trading crypto from wallet to wallet is mm-hmm. more like P to P um, you know, back in the day of using LimeWire or, uh, you know, BitTorrenting songs, that's a P2P transfer of data, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's not going through a centralized company like uh, Apple's iTunes or uh, one of these other music sales right. companies. Right. And so it's a decentralized P2P network that you're using. 
And basically, the coin itself has um, a ledger built into it, sort of like a spreadsheet mechanism to it that mm -hmm. records transaction history into the coins. Each coin of a Bitcoin or Ethereum uh, ETH is the, uh, the coin on the Ethereum network. Each coin basically has the technology built into it. It's an autonomous running application. So it, you know, records the history, records all the transactions like an Excel sheet into its own coin, and it facilitates the transfer from wallet to wallet. So it's a smart contract in that way that it's like um, automated. You know, and, and it, a smart and it, contract, typically it's like a smart contract, you know, a traditional contract is if this condition and this condition is met, mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. you will sign this thing on this date and you agree to this uh, initiating some kind of business, right? right? That's how a normal contract works between you and I. We saw on the, sign on the dotted line. We put a date. Those conditions are met. We both agree the contract is therefore like functioning. Sure. Well, this is an automated contract. Therefore it's a smart contract. It basically checks if those conditions are met automatically and it automates the reaction, which is the transfer the of your money. And it records that data into the, the network onto the coins. But that's so, a little bit better than traditional, for example, our fiat, you know, our dollar. Yeah. I mean, you can't track, our dollar in every single hand that it went through, transactions went through, whereas cryptocurrency... The, the it, banks can. The banks can. Right, and the okay. banks are hoping that you don't use this new automated system of banking that does it without them Involved. needing to be in the middle. Right, right, right. So the banks currently have KYC, know your client laws, and that's why you give them ID when you set up an account, mm -hmm. like your passport or your driver's license and birth certificate. And then, you know, you have all of your, um, your business, the company that you work for gets identified and then they register you as a user and they pay to your account. And mm -hmm. so all that's happening, but the bank sits in the middle. And with this new system, you set up a digital wallet and you're ready to go. Yeah. And that's why there's these like third world countries that are having, you know, this renaissance in cryptocurrency um, use because they're like, we don't like the problem right now is that we have this situation around the world where if you're poor, you can't even set up a bank account. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so because some of the poor don't even have identification, believe it or not. You go to places in Africa, they don't have driver's licenses and, and passports and stuff. They're, they're undocumented people. Well, and therefore, yeah. how did they set up a bank account? And there's people that have a phone and have a computer, but they don't have a bank account, believe it or not. And they're able to use a crypto banking system because they just set up something like MetaMask and say, I'm going to do this work for you. Can you transfer USDC, mm -hmm. a certain amount of stablecoin US dollars into my MetaMask account when I finish this service or finish this 
uh, making this product right. for you. Right. And bam, e- they got ease, it. Ease of use for sure. You know? Yeah. And it goes back to even in this country, you know, there's certain banks that if your credit is awful, they're not going to allow you to open an account. Like it, there, there's roadblocks. It's definitely obviously. not Wells Fargo. They'll let anybody open an account. Um, they'll I, open up four accounts for you. <laughs> right. Exactly. There you go. Um, we're going to take a quick break, Darcy, if you're okay with that. But when I come sure. back, I do want to do some of that uh, pros versus cons thing. And it goes back to um, mining a bit. So uh, if you're okay, wait. Well, sure. We'll be back real quick. Stand by, everybody. Believe in UFOs? Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain? Contemplate the other side of reality. Do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense? Well, look no further than Strange Uncles. Find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945. Open the gates. All right, and we're back with Darcy Weir. Um... So we're talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about cryptocurrency. The one thing that, you know, and again, I'm, I'm not trying to sound hippy-dippy, but I care about the this big rock we're floating on. So, you know, I personally try to be, you know, to try to, you know, recycle where we can. We, you know, be environmentally conscious. Watch what you buy, where it's made, you know, all this other stuff. And it goes back. The reason I bring that up is because it goes back to cryptocurrency. One of the big uh, roadblocks I hear from a lot of people is, when you talk about mining cryptocurrency and how that works, that it is a huge, huge energy um, sucker completely. Like it's all these servers running. Now, I know there's a different method that they're moving to. I, and I can't remember, I believe you called it, uh, uh, you know, proofing it. There's another method they're moving to. But when you have uh, people say that, like, okay, yeah, this is great. This is, you know, in theory, this whole cryptocurrency is good. But look what it's, look how you have to mine it. Look at the power consumption it's consuming to mine one Bitcoin. Yeah. What's your, what's your say on that? Um, I think there's skeptics, I mean, that, that throw this pollution and power thing at Bitcoin. But um, in the end, we pollute the planet and, you know, mismanage power like we've never, you know, like no tomorrow Fair enough. I'm, to yeah. mine diamonds and gold. And that's actually a much more messier and complicated industry to mine. That's real mining, you know, mm-hmm. coal mining, all this stuff. Um, whereas Bitcoin, you're literally just setting up like a server farm of computers. Nowadays, they're called ASICs that are specialized mining computers. Uh, and yeah, they run on the energy grid for some of these countries that are having power problems. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I think we need, I think the, for me, the argument should be, why are we not innovating better energy systems that can harvest, allow us to harvest this new uh, currency and everybody's, you know, got more energy. There's a surplus of energy just because we have better energy systems um, right. getting off of the use of fossil fuels. That's a whole another show. We don't have to go sure. down that road. Sure. But yeah, that's, that's, that's a, that's a whole <laughs> other Pandora's economic, box. macroeconomic thing yeah. where like, 
Yeah, uh, the oil companies are not giving up their money. They moved away from clean technology years and years and years ago when they should have been saying, oh, we have this market cornered. We want to make more money. We should look into alternative fuel sources and and cover those markets, corner those markets like clean energy, right? Um, like I, I believe it was Exxon that wanted to be the Bell Labs of uh, energy oh. in the 70s. And they decided, ah, fuck it, oil. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and started suppressing all of the research they already had that said that that was a disaster. Uh, so, like, I get what you're saying. And I, and I somewhat agree with it. Like, like, yeah, we should be focusing on ways to reduce pollution, period. Absolutely, for sure. But if we're going to talk about it in economic sense, uh, in an economic sense, we're up against such established forces that that's like that's going to be tough. It's hard, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's going to get to a point where um, the choice is really in our hands because you know that's. The greatest form of democracy is where the citizens just make the choice, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think Bitcoin and these other cryptocurrencies are li- literally democracy playing out in real time because people are saying, I'd rather own that than own this. And they're just finding a way to buy it. Making, the, making holding, that choice. Yeah. And holding it, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, as more people buy this stuff, like I said, we're going to see change. Um, but to your point of like what proof of work is, we already talked about how they mine uh, Bitcoin. That is proof of work. It's using energy. It's using computers. Um, some people may debate it's it's bad for the environment. The other way that Ethereum is and, and some of these other smart contract um, crypto coins are minting their new coins is called proof of stake. That's right. I was going to say, okay. So proof of stake is basically um, this, this mechanism that they've built into the algorithm. It's basically an automated system. Mm -hmm. And if you own some Ethereum, if you buy some Ethereum where you mined it in the past, because it was a proof of work system, they're moving over like in September to proof of stake what happens is you can stake that, which is basically lending the current supply of Ethereum to the network for application developers to create applications on, um, you know, facilitate transactions from wallet to wallet, uh, you know, doing so, so, all the So basically you're kind stuff. of investing in a way in order to get some transaction back. Is that kind of... Yeah, so when they've automated it so that if you lend your Ethereum, mm-hmm. you get back after a certain amount of time, new Ethereum is minted with that lent Ethereum, and you get paid back a percentage of Ethereum to your wallet. So Who middlemans that transaction? There's no middleman. It's built into the algorithm of the Ethereum network. So okay. you take your ETH, which is the coin on the Ethereum network, you stake it, and then it kicks off an automated cycle that says, okay, I'm going to like start building on top of this ETH a certain amount of fractional ETH until you get 
one whole ETH. Mm -hmm. Additionally, it will multiply itself, but it will be multiplying itself slower than the current proof of work mechanism. So in a way, it's kind of like going to be adopting that kind of having mechanism that Bitcoin has, but through lent, through staked ETH, through coins mm. that you've just put forward to the network to secure it and to facilitate transactions and to allow for building to take place. So it, because Ethereum is essentially, it's like a operating system, kind of like uh, you can, your listeners can picture, you know, you've got an iPhone, the operating system on that iPhone, the uh, software that developers will build applications onto is called iOS, mm -hmm. right? And Ethereum is like a operating system that all these future developers that work in crypto are building digital applications onto, and they need ETH in order to facilitate transactions and, and run their uh, applications on. Interesting. So yeah. are, are most cryptocurrencies going that way? Or I know Ethereum or Ethereum is one of the top ones. Um, I hear that there's yep. other cryptocurrencies kind of moving towards that stake Staking. formula a bit. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, when I was um, checking out all this crypto business, um, I was staking uh, a coin called Elrond eGold. Or there's a network called Elrond, and then the, the coin on that network is called eGold. I was staking the eGold, and they were paying yeah. me back in eGold. Um, I was using Cardano does it, which is another smart contract network that that's one. really popular. Yeah. And that's very decentralized, and um, that has a huge fan base. And in fact, there there's African countries right now that are looking at Cardano and saying, Let's just drop our possibly drop our fiat system and adopt Cardano as wow, our new wow. monetary system. So that's, that's crazy. that shows you, you know, that we're going to have this crypto revolution where countries are saying this is the new way. That you this know? is gonna gonna work for us, yeah. yeah. And and smart contract networks that have built a proof of stake system properly. Um, will reap the benefits, you know, mm -hmm. long term uh, to, you know, have an inflate. Like basically, once Ethereum switches on this uh, this staking method of work to mint new Ethereum or ETH, sorry, to mm -hmm. mint new ETH. Mm -hmm. Once they do that, the inflation rate per year will will hover around two percent. Oh, which wow. is nothing, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, whereas like Bitcoin, there is no inflation. It's it's just mm. going up yeah. because demand comes in and the supply is so short. Yeah. Ethereum, if you look at their supply, um, they have... Yeah, while you're looking that up, I was going to say, Josh, you were chuckling up there a while ago. What were you, <laughs> what were you giggling about? Oh, I don't know, man. Oh, <laughs> you got you to gotta catch me while I'm laughing if you yeah, want me to answer definitely. something like that. I think it was one of the names of the cryptocurrency or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. It was the Elrond. I was like, Elrond, like oh. the uh, the elf from Lord yeah. of the Rings, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's I was funny. like, yes. I love it. Yeah. Not oh, elf, man. maybe elv. 
Elv, yeah. Elvin. Uh, yeah. Anyways, so Ethereum, um, you know, the total supply, circulating supply is 120 million. And mm. um, that's small compared to the sure. U.S. dollar, which is in the trillions and trillions and trillions. So crazy. Um, but as the years go by, the circulating supply will go up because mm. it will inflate mm. by 2% every year locked into its autonomous mechanism that it's programmed to do. And, um, and I'm assuming as we advance in technology, advance in digital format, you know, whatever that looks like, advance in programming these cryptocurrencies, that there's something better. Like at the time Bitcoin was, now Ethereum is kind of in the top of the food chain. Do you see that evolution continue as cryptocurrency kind of reinvents itself and it gets smarter and there's a better program built around whatever that cryptocurrency is. I mean, that that's kind of the, the end game on this, right? In a bit, in a way. I think undoubtedly there's going to be other competitors eventually. Uh, that's just the way technology works. And this is a technology we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they have first to market advantage. So, you know, they have the best notoriety uh, and, people will come into this market and usually get one or the other when they're first starting out. Sure. Um, okay. Yeah. And, and, and I think that will, you know, to give an analogy that's pretty easy to understand, you look at the dot-com era, you know, the early dot-com era, 1999, 2000, we then have this dot-com bubble that crashes, right? And all these Silicon Valley companies were shutting their doors People, naysayers were saying this is never going to exist again. It's, it's a fad. See you later. But the internet has grown. And out of that, the ashes, the phoenix that rose was, you know, Google, Amazon, Microsoft. Mm-hmm, Microsoft mm-hmm. was around for a while, but they, you know, they would, would have went through a correction with all the other tech companies in Silicon Valley and, and um, Apple. And look at where we are today. They are like the three uh, data and technology oligarchs of the world, right? Yep. Yep. I mean, it took some decades to get there, but here we are, you know. With the crypto market, the Amazon and the Google of, of that world are Bitcoin and Ethereum. And I think there will be some other cryptos that come in and they'll be worth something for sure as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And people will be using them and, you know, there will be new metaverses being built on them and new gaming and new financial applications and all this stuff, all this innovation is happening on blockchain. It's not happening really on the traditional internet. Like we uh, hear about right now, most of it's happening on blockchain. And so as the years go by, there will be competitors that come along, but I think the kings will still be these like Amazon slash, uh, yeah. you know, Google sort of versions of crypto that have already had massive run-ups mm-hmm. and they're just going to mm-hmm. keep going. Well, yeah, it's like, it's like politicians, they have name recognition, right? So like anyone who's getting into it is going to go to the name that's trusted mm-hmm. no matter what. You know, like, and people feel comfortable doing that, you know, whether it's deserved or not. And I'm not saying that it's not for Bitcoin or Ethereum or anything like that, but like, uh, 
but that is like kind of how people, especially, I don't want to speak for humanity in general, how Americans <laughs> think is like, uh, I don't want to really do the research and figure out the best one. I'm just going to, I've heard of Bitcoin and I haven't yeah. heard bad things we're, about Bitcoin. So that's where I'm going. We're, we're, we're creatures mm-hmm. of that kind of habit for sure. Well, and that's yeah. something that I, I wanted to kind of, you know, as we look at the time here, I want to get into uh, a couple other things too. So, sure. you know, I told you Darcy in the very beginning, I, you know, dabble my toe in it. What I ended up doing, and of course it's not working out like I had anticipated <laughs> when I first did it, but uh, I got into, um, Training, uh, trading helium. And so I oh, bought, yeah. I bought a Bobcat and yeah, the whole helium network. So for listeners who don't know what that is, and again, I, I'd like to, I'm going to tell this and then throw it over to Darcy because there's more, there's more than just these cryptocurrency coins. There's more to it. There's more things that are involved in that, what you call the metaverse. But the helium fascinated me because basically the premise is you build the people's network. These little devices basically block your Wi-Fi where you nobody owns Wi-Fi. You can go different places in the city, whatever have you, and you build this network of personally owned Wi-Fis for people to connect to. And as you put these machines online and help with that, in return, you get this cryptocurrency called Helium. And then Helium, you can trade, you know, when I first got it, I was doing great. I was like five, $600 a month, you know, net out. Now yeah, I'm making like money. yeah. Now I'm like fifty a month because because again it crashed. It crashed just like economy, just like anything else. It ebbs and it flows, yep. and that's yep. where we're at now. But when we talk about that, I'd like to get into if you want to talk a little bit about other forms of what this crypto world is, uh, NFTs, the crypto gaming, the metaverse, like all these things. And I feel that they even like say online games where you can collect certain cryptocurrency by playing in said game makes people a little bit more comfortable. You know, you're getting something from it. They're getting something from it. Maybe not quite as big as trading Bitcoin, mind you. But um, can you kind of go in a little bit with like the NFTs and some of these other different forms of mm-hmm. of crypto? Yeah, sure. So usually one of the things that makes a crypto successful is the strength of the network. How many people are using it? How many people are interested in it? So we talked about Bitcoin and Ethereum being like first to market. Many people are using those networks because they're buying parts of it, right? Mm -hmm. And so it it has large notoriety. Um, And Helium is an interesting play because it's a quite literally they're, they're setting up their own internet networks that are kind of like uh, cell phone towers or, mm-hmm. uh, or, or new Wi-Fi uh, routers that can, you can connect to all around cities and countrysides if you want to do that too. And I, I had a friend who like owned, I think like eight to 10 oh my God. helium <laughs> routers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This British friend of mine and he was trying to beg us to set them up in his, like our apartments and stuff like that. But look, um, you know, it, it crashed and helium will recover if there's more applicable use for it, you know, and mm-hmm. if people want, if people want to use a helium network rather than pay a cell phone company for their over exorbitant, uh, you know, their super expensive 4g or 5g plan, mm-hmm. well, maybe a competitor to that long term is going to be helium. And the ones that are securing that network and, and allowing that infrastructure to be set up all around the country are P2P 
people like yourself that set up these routers and get paid in helium right so it has promise it it solves a problem too that's the other thing it solves yes. a problem and usually if um these cryptos have to take a novel problem and they have to have a a large network so lots of people wanting to use it in order for it to have good value and uh bitcoin solved the problem of finance like traditional banking right, right? right. it's it's like pushing the banks out of the way and taking that away ethereum is this new operating system that offers gaming and decentralized finance as well it allows mm-hmm. you to stake and all these different crypto coins that are on the smart contract network are creating novel solutions to problems that exist and uh with gaming this is an ecosystem it's a gaming network within a crypto network mm-hmm. and to give an example a good example is a game called Axie Infinity where you have these like little pokemon characters and three of them battle another three uh and you're an Axie trainer kind of like a pokemon trainer or something and you take your little monsters you battle them and if you win the battle you get a certain amount of this crypto coin called SLP smooth love potion oh jesus and <laughs> some um, of these names i sort of use you use that SLP to mate your axes with each other, and then they give birth to baby axes, and you <laughs> it's insane. Those, and then you use those baby axes and you train them for battles and adventures and make more SLP. And it's like this whole ecosystem, this whole network of gamers that are trading axes. They're selling axes to each other for Ethereum. They're um, battling axes and getting SLP, and then you can actually take your large quantity of SLP, and apparently you can stake it now, so you can like oh. get that automated system where the SLP creates more SLP. Right. And then at the end of the day, if you're like, "That's it, I want fiat currency," you can sell your SLP, you can sell your Axie coin in the you know crypto market and on like Binance and Coinbase and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And you can just put all of that hard work that you've built in this metaverse, this like gaming universe, um, back into your, your, your account. So this is like where Meta is, you know, the new name of Facebook. And right. Right. Mark Zuckerberg realizes the world we're going to live in in the future is not necessarily going to be the type of world you want to go hiking every day in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh-huh. There, there's people like him that are thinking you might want to just stay at home instead of go get doused with radiation because Russia decided to send a bomb into your country or uh, the pollution is so bad because we never stopped using fossil fuels and we're just burning everything into oblivion. Yeah. Cause half so you, of us don't believe in global warming when it's a thing. So, well, yeah. it's a, and if you don't believe in global warming, you got to believe in pollution because you drive around 
for two minutes right. in LA and you can't even yeah. see the sky, you see a haze. Yeah. And that is literally toxins floating in the air from all of the fossil fuels that are burning from cars and stuff. And they, the, the wind is stagnant and it just settles in, in LA. Yeah. So, yeah. um, you got situations like that in the environment that you might not want, not go outside. And then you have unrest because, People are losing their jobs. They decided to be a high school bully their whole life, and that didn't work out. Um, <laughs> and now they're living on the street, um, and they want to beat you up if they see you step outside of your house and take the money you've earned. So people might want to stay at home. And when they stay at home, they might want to plug into their job and plug into this virtual environment where you have a digital avatar of yourself where you can actually work that job, accumulate your money, play games, accumulate money playing games, and buy food online in that digital uh, world. It gets delivered to your house with Uber Eats or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you literally are living a meta universe. You're living this like virtual world and you work in it too. And that's what Mark Zuckerberg and some of these other minds are uh, betting on the future and, being like. And, and so it's kind of a scary, dark future if you talk about it like I just did. Right. You know, I hope we can still hike and stuff because I, uh, you know, I like that. Mm -hmm. But you just hear about things getting worse and worse out there, and people are more nervous. And when people are nervous, they will typically. Uh, be adverse to certain things that could happen to them and to survive, they're going to pick a metaverse over um, a reality verse, which is going yep. outside and getting beat up or yep. choking on toxic fumes and so on. Well, so on. And, and, and here's the thing too, you know, and, and, and again, you know, we'll wrap up a little bit. I, I've just got one more question for you on, on my side and if Josh has anything, but you know, it, it is a scary thing to think about, but you know, in reality, we kind of had a test run and it was called a global pandemic. And there mm -hmm. were some people that literally enjoyed the fact that they were a hermit. They didn't have to leave their house. They could do work from home, technology, Zoom. They're playing with the, uh, you know, with, um, with virtual reality headsets when they work out and all this other stuff. Like, we're here. Like, we're not that far from what this may be. And mm -hmm. it's only going to kind of go down that slippery slope because, you know, in reality, you know, and I've said this, some of us are social creatures, but there are some of us, too, that are moving more towards Man, if they can find that friendship, as weird as that sounds, through a virtual world rather than the real one that treats them like shit all the time, they're mm -hmm. going to go that route, and and they're yeah. and it and they're not going to blink an eye because of it, you know. So there's people that are that have been ready for this for a lot longer than you think, right? Yeah. Like any, yeah. you know, way before the pandemic uh, that have been interested in doing meta, like plugging into a metaverse. Like I remember when I was 20, maybe 19 years old, um, I went to visit my high school buddies that were at a different university. You know, this is uh, 17 years ago and I'm a social creature. I like to go out. I like to meet people in person and we were all, ready to go out and all that stuff. And one of our friends from high school, Rick was playing this game called world of Warcraft. <laughs> and 
he was obsessed with it. Like literally he lived in that game and he, when he went on a trip, uh, like later that year, he was going to meet with his friends that he made Mm -hmm. in world of Warcraft in Las Vegas to meet them in person because they had built such a strong relationship, uh, online. And you're going to see that more and more and more in the future. I have never made a like random friend online and then became like that connected to them. But that's an example I can share. And that was 17 years ago. Right. And like younger millennials are like completely into that way of hooking up, you know, like finding their sex partner. Like this is, this is the way it, it, it absolutely is. And it's so funny. I caught a meme earlier today about, uh, you know, oh, Bigfoot's everywhere. You can't see him as he's walking past the park because everybody's on their phone. Nobody's looking yeah. up. You know, I mean, it's just, it. you know, it's a crazy world that we that we live in, you know, for sure. Um, yeah. It, well, and for, I guess, Darcy, from there, I guess my only question for you would be, you know, we, we've, we've covered this crypto. We've covered kind of history, where it's going, how it's designed. Mm-hmm. And we're hoping, obviously, there's some roadblocks here. You know, we've got the government that's kind of picking their nose into it. We see the value of cryptocurrency, for example, Bitcoin. You know, it crashed at times because of, you know, uh, the Senate and the Congress was talking about, you know, passing these laws to try to, you know, China was one of the countries that, that banned it. Crashed you know, it. So look, yeah. you, know, you can't do this. So you see how it's working. How do you think, do you think we're going to get through that? Do you think, or do you think that's going to be a constant, constant battle with, with these, these, this other group trying to go, nope, we don't want to give up our traditions, that, you know, well, with the banks and whatever have you. I think the United States has passed enough laws in the past two years that, that it, if you look it up, like even banks can take custody of your Bitcoin now, like they all mm. want part of it. Um, so the laws are in place. They're going in a direction where Bitcoin is going to be some an asset that, you know, uh, the wealthy want to own for sure in the future. Sure, sure. Um, so I don't think in the United States it'll ever be banned. What will be banned are stupid things like tornado cash that um, anonym, anonymize crypto data. So that was one that recently, this I think it was this past week, um, that became banned and that crashed tornado cash and destroyed it. But you know, this is an app that quite literally you can do illicit, uh, legal activity with, you can hide hmm. who the purchaser and owner is now using that application. It mixes it up so you can't track, you know, what it's being used for. It could be used for, uh, you know, drug trade or whatever. But, um, Bitcoin and Ethereum, I don't see that happening. Uh, I think these are, they're like gold standards for crypto. Right. And um, countries like China, you're, you're, you're right on the money. Like they, they crashed Bitcoin when it was like at $63,000. I was going to say, I thought it got that high, right? Like it was over 60,000 something. If I remember right at one time. Yeah. 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 And they declared right around that time, uh, no one in our population can transact with this. We're not you, no more cryptocurrency mining. So it didn't they do that because they had their own that they wanted their people to use. I think that was exactly. some of it. Yeah, exactly. they were guarding they were guarding their own markets basically. Yeah. 
Yeah, essentially what they're trying to do is prevent capital flight out of their economy into Bitcoin or other economies. Yeah, um, and I think that's like what a lot of like any U.S. regulation is trying to do too, is like either, like mm-hmm. you mentioned Tornado Cash, like, yeah, you could use it for bad things, but also if it keeps the IRS from knowing who has what money, that's not going to be a good thing for mm-hmm. as far as the government's concerned. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're going to like, right now you're getting um, rules are being established in this wild West and that's going to shake out the riffraff. Um, I think China will come back to Bitcoin because they're going to launch their digital currency and essentially what that is is a big brother crypto coin. Right. The whole point of, of it, it is, is to the whole point of it is to track their citizens like never before. Mm-hmm. It's a ledger technology, right? So you can track mm-hmm. all the history of trade no matter what uh into the future and in the past. So that is powerful for them. They get to watchdog their uh society even closer. And they can probably freeze your assets even easier and so on and so forth. So that's a scary dystopian crypto, in my mm-hmm, opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but if, you know, uh, their citizens want something that's going to be actually usable outside of their country, if they do something as stupid as invading Taiwan and starting a, a full-on, like, world war – again with the United States and allying even further with Russia, you might see what happened with Russia uh, invading Ukraine. You might see that China panics a bit and says, hmm, let's turn on the crypto tap again because now we're getting sanctioned by the U.S. We're getting our uh, reserves frozen. You know, like uh, Russia had something – like $630 billion frozen in assets by the American government the moment they invaded Ukraine. And that made them realize the U.S. dollar is not actually a dollar that you you have sovereignty, that you actually own that asset if uh, you know a foreign country can seize it without you even being able to stop them. Yeah, like it's not even a physical seizure. It's not like piracy on the high seas. It's like a digital seizure. Press the button. Yeah, yeah, and so with Bitcoin, you cannot do that. And it is a fully decentralized autonomous network and banking system that the government can't freeze any transactions. With Ethereum, they can and they did that with Tornado Cash recently. Interesting. They actually they froze Ethereum wallets because the government said, hey, uh, Ethereum, you better do this. And they said, yes, boss, and they did it, right? Mm. You can't do that to Bitcoin. It runs autonomously. It is you know, automatically rolling out everything. There's no supreme leader or banking system uh, or banker or uh, government that runs it. So what happened with Ukraine? Everybody in Russia ran to their digital uh, wallets and bought Bitcoin, and you saw all of these um, rubles 
which is the uh, fiat currency used in Russia, right. being converted to Bitcoin. And you saw Bitcoin go up because that right there was a supply and demand move and a country was trying to uh, capital flight some of their um, their protect some of their value and 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 that might happen with China I think like and China did the same thing with the internet you know it, it the, that analogy works too when the internet first came out China outlawed the internet you were not allowed to use it they shut it down and then they allowed their users to use internet but it was like a super big brother version. You know, Google mm -hmm. doesn't work there. Yeah. Facebook their, their doesn't internet. work there. Right. YouTube doesn't work there. It's their own internet. And, but they connect to the worldwide internet and they facilitate um, economic, you know, industry and all that stuff through the worldwide internet. So even though they have their own censored version for their citizens, you can still buy, sell and trade through their version of the internet. Mm -hmm. So they are going to launch their own digital currency, but eventually if they start seeing, you know, the politicians and their, their own super mega wealthy, which are politicians over there, start saying, I would like to have some Bitcoin or Ethereum as well, they'll allow it again, just like they allowed the internet eventually. Yeah, they're going to yeah. have to. I have to. God, you know, just absolutely amazing. And again, thank you for coming on. Um, Darcy, on your side, uh, how can we promote you? You got anything to, to promote or how, how people can find you? Um, if people want to see the movie, it's absolutely free on Tubi TV. Um, they could just search my name, Darcy Weir, and my whole film catalog comes up that way. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh and yeah, if they want to follow me, I'm on TikTok. I think it's uh, Occult Journeys and YouTube, Occult Journeys. And um, and yeah, uh, I have a website, occultjourneys.com. If you want to watch the trailers for my films, check out the poster, read the description, click on the poster, and it'll take you right through to a website to watch the film. Fantastic. So yeah. Yeah, great. And I have not checked this one. I ran out of time, but this is next on my list to watch. Only just because I'm, I'm just fascinated with cryptocurrency. Um, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm hoping you're right. I hope it, uh, you know, it gets rid of some of the traditional crap that we're dealing with. So anyway, I know, I know, we didn't get to discuss uh, like NFTs, but you can learn about NFTs in my documentary. You can learn about DeFi. You can learn about uh, smart contracts, mm -hmm. the history of normal currency, what blockchain is, what Bitcoin is who possibly created it, all that stuff. So um, it's broken down chapter by chapter, and it's like a book, like mm -hmm. a guide. Mm -hmm. And it's actually um, made in a comedic way. So it's easy to watch, and you can kind of have a laugh while you're going through That's it. awesome. Uh, man, I can't wait. That just might be on my list for tomorrow for sure. So cool. anyway, Darcy, you know, enjoy you as always. You know, always fascinating what subject matters you decide to uh, to you know focus on, and and definitely this one a little bit out of your realm, a little bit out of ours, but it's still strange. And and I think if nothing else, you talk about you know this utopia that this metaverse that it could lead us to is just strange enough. So you know, it's yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah, Darcy, thank you so much. Um, if you want to wait offline, we'll uh, we'll thank you off there, everybody. That was Darcy Ware.
Yeah. So number one, fascinating, you know, and I, I honestly didn't think it was going to go down the road as far as metaverse and what certain people like Zuckerberg, for example, who again, I'm saying he's an alien. Just saying. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the guy. No, Uh, no. I mean, I'm a fan of Darcy. I'm not a fan of Mark Zuckerberg. Like that dude can uh, feast upon my rancid asshole. Um, (laughs) But, but I think the point he was making was pretty interesting. Like I knew, I do know a lot of people that have met really good friends online, you know? And yeah. Yeah. And uh, to the point you were making uh, during that part of the conversation too, like, yeah, man, I don't, I, I thought I was going to die without social interaction for the first, you know, six weeks. It, it and did it now I'm pass. like, don't you <laughs> so, dare make me leave my house. I know, right. It's a thing. Like I said, you know, we went through a test run of this already. And, and I think, you know, like he said, there's a lot of people that I mean, want it to occur. Some people just don't like, you know, I don't especially like people in general, but I am social. You know, I know that sounds weird, but, you know, if I'm around people, I can socialize, I can function, I can, you know, be the best of them. But um, there is that other fact of it. But I, I think what's more... I think what scares me more than anything with that is just the fact that we may be going to that kind of a weird utopia, you know, and it is different. Uh, you know? Not with, not with Facebook, man. Meta's going to fail. That shit's, you don't think shit's so? so fucking retarded and stupid. No. Sorry. And there's some people that think that's Bad not word, the case. But. There's people that get together to do like furry conventions for Christ's sake. So, you know, yeah, I, but again, that's different. Know. Like that's about yeah. actual social interaction, not like, mugging people in the metaverse walmart well and true and i'll I'll give you that but at the same time um there already have been reports that of people getting you know groped in the metaverse and these other like i said you know we're not good we're not a good variety of species we really aren't i'm not saying it's going to kick off it might take a while but you know if i think that outside factors like he was talking about if outside factors cause us to well, we don't have beautiful skies and beautiful lakes to go fishing in anymore, and we are forced into our own shell because of these outside forces. Then I could see, yeah, you know, this thing. And and again, like he said, Zuckerberg and other people like him are setting up for this because you know, in their eyes, maybe it's inevitable. I I don't think it is, but well, uh, some know. of them are hoping for it. Like they oh, all yeah, have absolutely compounds in like new zealand and shit to ride out the climate apocalypse you yep. know what i mean yep. like yep. they're set you know they're not worried about piddly little so if they're like not us. actively trying to make it happen they're fine with it if it does right you know right exactly but i i think on a bigger picture too you know and not sound all you know dumb and depressing on that side but you know cryptocurrency again you know i i was fascinated with it uh, i'm still learning about it it it's a very unique and and i'm glad he kind of made the comparison in the beginning of the interview with what we call, you know, a fiat money, you know, which is mm-hmm. whatever money that may be for whatever country, whatever have you, and compares that to, and he's absolutely right. You know, you look at this people like tradition. So when you have things like the banks getting shaken up, these other things getting shaken up, um, you know, people are going to try to put a kibosh on that. It goes to your example of oil companies and all this other stuff. Sure. And, and you know. I would offer an alternative explanation that encompasses all of it. Mm-hmm. And that's just people who have money, whether it's real money or not, people who have money have influence and want to hold on to that money and that influence. Uh, hands down, no matter what form that money is. Yeah. Yep, whether 100%. it's oil companies, people that own the fucking giant banks, yep. like 
yep. big time hedge fund managers. Like, yep. yeah. At the end of the day, and and there's a reason why like institutions like the stock market are so hard to understand for regular ass dudes like us, mm-hmm. and that is it's it's on purpose. It's so that oh, your average absolutely. person can't make sense of it and has to give money to someone else to do it for them. Even though like most people that work on the street don't fucking really understand it either. Yeah. Know? And, and that's the thing. And, and I say there, there's a lot to that. A hundred percent agree. You know, it, <laughs> again, we're pretty shitty species in general. you always have a group of people who want to manipulate other people for gain. It, it's how they yeah. survive. It, it's not, it's always going to be there. As long as there's a human race, there's going to be, those factors. Yeah. Once it, we decided you know. things were valuable, yep. we yep. started commodifying shit. Yep. You know, Absolutely. I mean, like. Absolutely. No, I, but I will say this though. I will say that just me dabbling into it and how it is set up as far as uh, how you do the exchange. And I, and I put some money into, like he mentioned a couple different apps that um, mm-hmm. a crypto stark market, if you will, uh, Coinbase is one of them. And so Coinbase is what I use when it, you know, and it, yeah, the I first, hate Coinbase. I know. Well, I did t- because you know, again, everything there's a percentage that they're going to take off. You know, just like I've got any like other point zero zero one cents left from my dabbling in Bitcoin years and years and years ago, <laughs> left in Coinbase, <laughs> right. and I can't fucking get it because even if they would release it to me, they won't because it's less of, than a penny. Mm. But even if even if they would release it to me, I don't remember my fucking login. I can't that's get the problem. Into it. That's a problem. And literally they have. So, so the good thing here is they have safeguards in place where they do have security. Okay. So for example, when I got a new phone and I transferred everything over, they recognized it wasn't the same phone. It locked me out for 24 hours. I couldn't do anything, even though I knew my password, like they really, they layer on that security and they do it for a reason, which is fine. But like you said, the flip side of that for fucking us, I can't remember a goddamn password. You will never get into there to make it work. So what do you, you know, what's your options there? I remember around like 2017 or 18 when he was, uh, talking about that giant, uh, not crash. What's the opposite of crash? The like takeoff of uh of Bitcoin around then, and mm, like hearing yeah. stories of people who had bought into Bitcoin like at basically the ground level, like like when it was very very accessible, and then just never thought about it, and all of a sudden realized they had you know millions, if oh, not yeah. billions, of dollars in their crypto wallet that for them was on like a thumb drive or something. Exactly. And they lost uh, it. And they and don't know which once boxes. they found it, they couldn't <laughs> log into it. And then it right. had like a weird safe where every time you uh, got the username and password wrong, it uh, added time to how long you could try again. Yeah. And this dude was desperate because he did the math and realized how much money he had. So he tried a bunch real like, in real short succession and all of a sudden this app tells them it's going to be like, Oh yeah, you can try again in 10 years. Nah, that's a, and it was like, and, uh, and those things are out there. They, what they call wall, you can actually buy them off Amazon, whatever. And they keep your, but that's the thing. It's like, shit, dude, I can't remember what flash drives, USB drive, you know, whatever I got laying around, I lose track of shit all the time. So there, there's no way that's going to work for me. You know yeah. what I have for my crypto wallet. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, like I'm, I'm on the fence about cryptocurrency. I think some of it might be all right. Like, uh, I don't disagree with, uh, Darcy's take that Bitcoin and Ethereum are like kind of the gold standard. And because oh, they have that yeah. first market value and 
and uh, a lot of the stuff that came after it, I think, is kind of scammy. Um, Some, like, yeah. It, it, and it's I, like I people blatantly trying to manipulate that specific market also, you know, like Elon Musk with Dogecoin, like that dude was just oh, one, to be once a he, fucking shit stain. That's exactly the way he did. Once he Twittered that It was that a pump and thing. dump. I know. You know, yeah, which is stupid. technically illegal if I remember right, but whatever. Yeah, technically Lost on a plat of billionaires, I guess. Yeah. But um, anyway, what I'm trying to say is like, I don't, I don't really necessarily... I think cryptocurrency is probably going to end up being about the same thing as the stock market, just slightly different. You know, you're just trading mm, maybe one thing for another. But I think the important thing about uh, cryptocurrency is the blockchain and like what you can do with that in other applications. I think that right there is going to be the key. And that's why I wanted to, you know, talk a little bit to Darcy about uh, these games and these other ways that you can, you know, a helium network again, you know, you're, you're doing something for something else. And I, and I think that blockchain theory, I think that's what stands. I don't think that's going to go away. I think it'll improve over time. Um, well, and it's, it's a very secure way to prove ownership of something, not like an NFT where you can just take a screenshot of it and be like, yeah, you own this NFT, but I've got it. So fuck yeah, off. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't but get like that uh, in the instance of like using it to track things like land ownership or like, uh, using it to vote stuff like that. I think in like more, uh, grand scheme societal ways, blockchain could be very important, you know? Yeah, no, agree. Um, but as far as the currency thing goes, I think that like every government and financial institution on the planet is trying to find a way to manipulate it. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Well, and again, it goes back to the same thing. That's what we do as, as people. And even when he brought up like games, I know there's this one, I want to say it's Upland, but literally it is a game where you can purchase real land or, or not real land. Let me back up virtual land. Like say you can't purchase Empire State Building. You can purchase it on this game for such and such and then trade it like Monopoly as long as somebody else didn't get to it, but it literally uses real land, landmark cities, and then you live within this virtual world and purchase and trade and all this stuff. Yeah, like, and then we're insane. talking about NFT shit again. Like, what? Uh, what do you? Right, what's? What right. do you? Why? Yeah, yeah. I. I what I is know. the value? I know. I know. And, I own yeah. a virtual copy of the Empire State Building. Fucking sweet, bro. How yeah. much that cost you? A hundred grand? <laughs> yeah, what am I going to You know, <laughs> something, uh, an amount of money you could have bought an actual physical house for. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. You know? Yeah, it, it's just, anymore, it's, but, I think it's just crazy how far it goes, you know, and, and it's not going to stop. There's no, you know, they're going to keep reinventing it. They're going to keep, you know, and, and that's what's fascinating about it. But, um, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, like, to me, the issues with it are, I think it's always going to be, someone's going to make it their mission in life to find a way to manipulate it because there's money in that. And we are who we are. Like you've yep, been saying, yeah. Yep. Um, and the environmental impact, like, I mean, cars democratized the environmental impacts of pollution. Pretty fucking. Oh, yeah. oh pretty thoroughly. Yeah. I don't think we need like cryptocurrency adding to that, you know? Right. Um, I like to hit to Darcy's point about, uh, well, maybe we can figure out ways to improve things systemically. Yeah, that'd be great. It'd be great if the main source of, uh, like carbon pollution was just, um, data servers, farming or mining Bitcoin 
you know, in a way that like we can get rid of fiat currency and you can actually like be in control of the value of your, of your stuff again. That'd be great. It, it would, but the problem is, you know, that's not the first not gonna thing we're going to do. It's not going to, exactly. It's not going to happen. You know, and granted, there's a couple people when I first got into crypto, I started following them on YouTube. Um, there's this one guy who literally has made enough money on cryptocurrency, mainly Dogecoin and Bitcoin, I think the two, but he purchased land about 40 miles away from where he lives. He's building, he's putting in solar and he's running one of the first mining operations to run off solar. So, yeah. And I mean, you know what I mean? Maybe because it's not like a centralized corporate structure. Maybe, maybe it will be different. Maybe this is a chance to uh, democratize cleaning up the environment a little right, bit, right, you know, right, yeah, maybe yeah. it will be a situation like that where it's like more people will be like, Oh hell yeah. I'm making tons of money. This helps me make money. I want to make it efficient and I want to make it not fuck everything else up yeah. the way that, yeah. Everyone else who was after money yeah. has fucked everything else up at the just for the pursuit of money. I absolutely agree. Not all hope is lost, I guess. You know, that's the reason yeah. I brought that up because, you know, there is that other side. But again, you know, we can go back and forth with how shitty we are as humans. Eh, whatever. You know, the well, yeah. Out. And I mean, it's <laughs> like uh, I blame the I can't remember who was the Dutch East India Company or the British East India Company, but they were the ones that created capitalism and yep. been shit ever since Isn't i mean it, it was shit before but it's been yeah. extra shit since yeah. it's a thing but anyway you know we're not going to keep you guys on uh much longer you know we've got other guests lined up again darcy always always glad to have him on he's he's really great at what he does good documentarian um love his research love his work for sure um i'll be in your neck of the woods so next one well actually news episodes coming up so we'll pull some of those things we'll have a couple beers see what we could do and uh, yeah, I think we're looking good. And thank your patrons, by the way. We I do have uh, one. Speaking of capitalism, one, one and a half. <laughs> shut up, Chuck Goddard. Of uh, of a couple things uh, lined up. Just some quick little fun facts for you guys, just so you think we didn't forget about you. But uh, how are we looking on socials, man? Oh man, uh, I did want to just tag on. Like I don't know, just call it out again. All of Darcy's uh, films are available on. Uh, Tubi and through his website so like you should mm. check him out they're all he's good at what he does yeah, they're oh, yeah, all very absolutely. good even if you're like yeah. into or not into the subject matter he's very good yep. at it yep um and uh on social media we are oh man i know it's been a bit well no i just week? said we are and uh that <laughs> uh we are first <laughs> oh my god i was thinking dural pesh all we are anyway yeah, we're on oh, sorry. A uh, dumb commercial jingle popped into my mind. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, we are at Strange Uncles on uh, Instagram. Or no, we oh, are no. at Strange Uncles on Twitter. We're at Strange Uncles Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we have a YouTube channel that someday we'll get some updates. We're working on it. We are. I'm working on my Listen, side. I got some drafts. Like, yep. Life's. Life's a piece of shit. It happens when you look at it. <laughs> it happens, and uh, then yeah, yeah shit yeah. happens. Yeah. We're we're working on it. We'll we'll get some stuff. Yeah, but yeah. I got anyway. some stuff. I got to throw you away for sure on regards to that. And then uh, yeah, as far as Darcy goes, we'll put uh, we'll put his website and links all in the show notes. So if you guys want to know, they'll be in the show notes. And as always, uh, hope everybody's okay. Try to be good to one another out there. And uh, yeah, man, I'll see you see you in person next week. So. Oh, really? 
Nah, I don't know. Don't jinx me. It's been a hard. I've already had two Mondays and it's Tuesday. So there's that. Oh, my second Monday is tomorrow. I can't <laughs> fucking wait. <laughs> well, with that being said, hold on to your shit, man. It's only, what, three more days to go. So, uh, anybody, close the gates, everyone. Bye.